Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to episode 47. Today we are welcoming Dr. Angela Schaffner back. Welcome, Hello. Angela. It's good is to be here. Is this number four with her? This is her fourth episode. It's four. That's wait, exciting. No, fifth. Because, well, we had two parter. No, that was the body image. That was a two parter. Yeah, oh, that's true. Fourth, and then, fifth episode, yeah. fourth interview. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, Angela's back today because we are, um, we have done a month long challenge called Play Revealed um, in yep. celebration of Angela's book, Revealed What the Bible Can Teach You About Yourself. And, um, because Rebecca and I are not good at play, we thought we would challenge ourselves for a month. And Angela, yeah. you've been doing the challenge with us, and been some of our to. listeners have been doing yeah. it, to try to just um, be more intentional about playing. Yeah. So we're on today to kind of discuss what we learned, what didn't work, um, with the caveat that it is very different for everybody. And yeah. that, um, for instance, Rebecca Pete's play is not my play. Yeah. Because she likes to clean. <laughs> I like to make to-do lists. It really legit is play for me, organizing yeah. and doing to-do lists. That's not the only thing I've done with my play. I've challenged myself more than that. Was getting a nose ring play? Uh, yeah, yes, it was. It was. Okay. Because I've, wanted to, I've been wanting to do it for a really long time, but I always thought of all the like impractical reasons why I should it, and I finally just was like, no, I'm going to do it, and like, yeah. just made a decision. And my husband was like, um, so you, you've been, because we've been together 20 years, he was like, you've been talking about this since I've known you. Why right. now? And I'm like, I don't know why now. It just seemed like the right time. You're yeah. like, because hashtag play revealed, David. It's, it's <laughs> perfect month to do it yeah did it hurt is my question um when they did it like when he put the needle through and uh-huh. put the nose ring in yes okay. but it has not hurt since then okay and no it's soreness been two weeks. it's been two weeks and i'm like awesome it's not been sore it's not gotten red it's not gotten inflamed we're not infected yeah. yet i mean i still have a while of healing to do but yeah but it's no it, it actually i had to re-get my ears pierced like a year or two years ago three years ago because i had let them like close up because I was too lazy to put earrings in. Welcome to my life. <laughs> I'm not lazy in other areas, and then I'm super lazy. Like this is the first time I've blown selectively lazy. And so I had more earrings because that's too much work to put earrings in. I don't know. And so they closed up, and I had so I had to get it redone a couple of years ago, and I've had it since I was like five. And my that hurt more than my nose ring for sure. Oh, hmm. Wow. Like. Not initially getting it done, but like they got red and inflamed multiple times. Yeah, and, like they were just sore for a while and stuff. Anyways, mm-hmm. well, it looks it really has not cute. Been a problem. I'm glad so. you finally did it. I am too. Very cool. I turned it into it, like it was a much bigger deal in my head than it actually yeah. was. You know how you do that? Yeah. Like I kind of yeah. don't even always notice it. It's so funny. My favorite part, literally my favorite part has been people like, not my best friends, because my best friends know that I've done it. Right. But like people that know me, but don't really know me, like at church and stuff like that, I can see it in their eyes. Mm-hmm. They're like, has she always had one? Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to say something. It's kind of like if you're pregnant, yeah. they can't tell if you're pregnant or not. This is a much safer question. Yeah, right. It's like, it's like I can tell because they don't want to be like, so did you just get your nose pierced and I'm like no I've had it for 20 years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even awesome. a girl in my small group um didn't see my post until later and she was like I was wondering at small group I don't remember Rebecca being pierced before like, <laughs> she, she didn't say anything maybe that's I funny. It was so funny well so I've awesome. thought before that I wanted to get a nose ring but Dusty told me that he would never look in my eyes to talk to me again he would only be looking at the nose ring so huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Interesting. I, that I might not still do it. To me. That doesn't yeah. happen to me. I yeah. mean, I can see the people's faces that they're trying to figure out, but right. like, when I have a conversation with somebody, it just yeah. becomes part of your face. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Too. Yeah, I think so. Too. Dusty, I don't think that's true. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I may do it anyway. Yeah, we'll see. You should. It would be really yeah. cute on you. Yeah, yeah you will. Thank you. Too. Certain people. Yeah. Like it just works for. So, yeah. well, for a long time, I wanted to get my eyebrow done, and I'm glad I didn't do that because I was. Oh, I 20s. did do that in my yes. 20s. Yes. I did too. Yeah, I have a little scar. Yeah, see, so yeah, yeah, I, I feel like it leaves more of a scar. Anyways, mm-hmm. so. Word. Well, Word. that's what you did to play. You that also is. went to Disney. Yes, and Disney can be viewed in both ways. Right. I was mm-hmm. going to say it sounds like a work trip. It is a work trip, but there are certain things like I actually really love roller coasters, mm-hmm. like, love them. And till this year I mean Milo had ridden a few but this was her first year where she could ride everything and wanted to ride everything and so we rode roller coasters over and over oh, fun. and it was just it was super fun because mm-hmm. she wanted to ride everything so that part was definitely play for me because mm-hmm. I enjoyed roller coasters and hadn't really ridden them in a long time because the kids haven't been old enough Yeah. Mm-hmm. and so we, we now we're talking about season passes to Six Flags Woo! and okay. fun because she wants to ride roller coasters all the time so what was uh, your favorite um Expedition Everest is still my favorite. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. That's so my, fun. That's still my fa- favorite, even though it's super scary. Like, we're talking I about do get it. a little scared of the Yeti at the end. The Yeti doesn't scare me. <laughs> the Yeti doesn't scare me. It's the, like, backwards. Like, yeah. you're like, it's, like, all calm and fine. You're like, oh, this is just a normal oh, roller coaster. That. And then it stops. And, like, it looks like the track has ended. Yeah. And then you go backwards. And then ah. you're backwards for a while in the dark. It's a little scary. Yeah. But, um, rock and roller coasters are way scarier. Oh, I love that one. I do love that one. Really and Myla, um, I can't decide if she liked it or not. She tells everybody yeah. in, like, big boys that she loved it. But um, if you've seen the pictures, it's not so <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite. I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. And the other thing is, is uh, <clears throat> you know, usually playing with my kids, I think we talked about this in the last one, is not play for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's, like, sports, because I do enjoy sports. So, good mm-hmm. now, I'm, like, kicking the soccer ball or throwing the softball run. I do enjoy that, and that is play for me. But, like, playing with toys and Legos and stuff like that, that is not my mm-hmm. house. But we got a foosball table. The kids got a foosball table for Christmas. And um, Milo doesn't really care about it, but Nathan and I play. And we have a lot of fun playing that. Oh, so, fun. we did that the other day. And I was like, oh, I should have took a picture of this. He has legitimately beat me almost every time. <laughs> yeah. Like, not, oh, I'm just kind of playing. No, he's legit better than I am. Right. <laughs> he awesome. pulls me at foosball. <laughs> my almost six-year-old. That's crazy. great. <laughs> so, I'm, I've been trying. It's hard for me. But I've been trying to yeah. think about play a little bit more. That's yeah. great. And I think, you know, what is play for us could change over time, too, yeah. or just mm-hmm. depending on what day it is. I mean, foosball may be play for you in one moment, but in another moment, that's just not something you feel like yeah. doing or, yeah, you yeah. know, or, or that I may say, not be no, play for you. I've got to do this right now. Right. And, you know, whatever. So, right. Sure. Or I was noticing last night. Um, my family was visiting and Dusty and I were having a conversation about who's going to go with Zach to his t-ball practice. Yeah. And so we kind of went back and forth. I didn't really feel strongly, but I said, I'll go. And I ended up going and I was realizing in the midst of it, sometimes, you know, we've talked a lot about scheduling play and carving Mm -hmm. out times in your life to plan, to create space for play. But I also think that you can just go about your life and catch yourself playing sometimes because I noticed that as I was helping with the practice, I was really having a lot of fun. And I don't know if I went into it necessarily thinking, oh, I'm going to play Mm -hmm. tonight at Zach's practice. But 
I just had a lot of fun. I would, one of my roles at the practice was to roll ground balls to the, the little five and six year olds and, um, they were going to, they were supposed to field the ball and throw it to first and they were just practicing that skill. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just, the way I was interacting with them, it was just really fun and their reactions and their trying to do it as fast as they could and, you know, just making it fun. And they, they play pickle sometimes at the end of the, the practice and so they're, you know, we're trying to tag them and they're running between the bases and it was, it was just a lot of fun. And I realized, oh, this is an experience of play that I didn't really expect myself you to have. You could have seen it as a chore. Yeah, I could have seen it as, well, okay, just yeah. one of us has to go do this, but yeah. I really had fun doing that. And it, yeah. it makes me want to seek out that experience again. And, yeah. you yeah. know, I may, it may not always feel like that, but mm-hmm. I know there's the potential there to experience yeah. it. And that was just because I kind of caught myself in the moment. So I think part of learning about play is just paying attention to your life as you're already yeah. living, living it Yes, and noticing what's fun for you, you know, and when you feel those little bursts of joy and enjoyment and fun just in your normal life. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because, you know, we can make play prescriptive and then it can feel like, Oh, cool. One more thing to add to my to-do list Mm -hmm. of things I have to do. But I like, that was something I think my biggest takeaway from this challenge was just that, I mean, it is good to schedule play and I, I do that. But for me, I think the best thing has been to just sort of have an attitude of play. Right. Like an anticipatory, like how can I make this fun? And not in a way where I'm trying to force it, but just mm-hmm. in a way of, it's like an attitude. It's right. like there's so much crap that we have to do that we mm-hmm. don't want to do every single day. So it's like, right. I mean, let's, let's try to make it fun. So I've been mm-hmm. working on it. I don't know. I mean, so my things, I read Harry Potter Yes. Oh, right. All the way through. Nice. Um, which I always, like, I wait a couple years and then I like to read it because I kind of forget stuff. And then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my God, why is it so good? Why is it, it so, so good? good. I never so read So good. Yes. Yeah. So good. Um, so that was fun. What else did I do? Do you remember? Baked cookies. There I baked some- cookies that were, like, with ridiculous sprinkles and yes. things. Um, they actually weren't that good, but... <laughs> they were Instagrammable. It's about the process. Yeah. It's it not the outcome. Be, be process oriented with your play, not outcome right. oriented. That's a good. That's, that's a right. good word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even um, yesterday, we took the girls to the park. Um, you know, the PDK Airport Park. Oh, we love that. Oh, park. Yeah. I love that park. So we yeah. we go there a good bit, and um, we went, and it was totally just like my kids have had a stomach bug. We need to get out of the house thing. And I wasn't expecting it to be any fun. I was just Mm kind of like, I would be a terrible parent if they watched their 75th hour of TV right now. So like we have to go (laughs) do something outside, but I ended up having a great time and it was, um, but I noticed, and I don't know if y'all feel this, but I almost noticed a resistance in myself to having the fun. Hmm. Like it was like, I started having fun and then I, it was like, I resisted it. Have y'all experienced that? I think, I think, I don't know if it's exactly what, mine's more of, I don't think it's the same as what your resistance is. My resistance is usually, I should be doing something else. Uh-huh. Instead mm-hmm. of, I'm just too tired to have fun, which is why I assume yours might have been. Because you're maybe, tired. Yeah. Maybe. Mine was more of a resistance. Mine is typically, uh, I should be being productive. Because my personality is one that if I'm not productive and accomplishing something, then I'm mm-hmm. not yeah. worthy. That's um, a discussion for Dr. Angel another day. <laughs> Oh, no, I think you bring up a good point, and we all resist fun, I think, for different reasons, and it's yeah. a good question to ask ourselves when yeah. we notice it. Yeah. If you just feel that you're resisting fun, the reason may be different for everybody, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think it's an important question to ask, because if you constantly resist yeah. it, 
there's, it's not going to happen for you as much in your life. So, you know, to just, and you don't have to judge yourself for the fact that you're resisting it because like we, I think talked about last time, our society doesn't really encourage adults to play as much as we need to, at least. So we're very productivity minded in our culture and outcome oriented. And so we need to really (laughs) slow down and be more process oriented. And Mm -hmm. that we are going to resist that, I think, because of different messages we've internalized. I have to just catch myself because it's a very fine line for me mm-hmm. because I sometimes I resist fun because of what I said like I just view it as like a waste of time or I should be getting these things done if I don't get those things done then that hour that I spent doing that was wasted yeah. or whatever which is not the right mentality and then on the other side of that of uh, things I think that um I have some of the stuff that other people would view as work is play for me mm-hmm. like I enjoy you know things that other people might not think is fun. Um, you know, like I like organizing closets. I like, um, making to do lists and, um, cleaning out the pantry. And like Mm -hmm. those things Mm -hmm. are like relaxing to me and like get my mind off other stuff. And so, but I, sometimes it could be, I need to do X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. because if I don't, then I'm not productive. So it's kind of like, what's the motivation behind it? Yeah. I think my, what I noticed about that resistance is, I don't know if this is like the entirety of it, but part of it was, I feel like I'm in work mode around my kids a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm sure a lot of parents probably feel that way, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, oh, I'm the mom and like, I'm keeping them safe and we're in a playground and like, they're sick. And it's like, I get into this like work mode where it's like work and play are opposites in my head. And so it's like, well, I can't enjoy myself. I'm supposed to be like fostering their enjoyment or so, which Mm -hmm. probably doesn't even make sense, but like in my head, it makes sense. No, I think it does. And I think we, we all carry around as parents beliefs about what does it mean to be a good parent? And so that might be part of what we're encountering in those moments where if we feel like a strong sense that being a good parent means being responsible and being, you know, which is true, I think. But are we allowing that definition of play and that experience of play to be part of what it means to be a good yeah. parent? Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what about you besides the t-ball practice? Um, so I, th- I texted y'all with the coloring that mm-hmm. I did. So it had been a long time since I had colored anything. And, you know, from time to time, I'll draw or do things with the kids, um, art related. But I just, because I wanted to, sat down and got out this coloring book that I had gotten probably a year or two ago mm-hmm. as a present and had never really colored it. Maybe one thing in it. I don't know. Um, but I pulled that out and it had, you know, some different inspirational sayings in it and stuff and so I just picked one that resonated with me and then colored it with markers and it took quite a while and I just felt really calm and meditative Mm -hmm. while I was doing it and it reminded me of a time in childhood that a lot of times when my sister and I would visit my grandparents um, my dad's parents we would do a lot of coloring and we would just sit there and color together and it was a really happy memory Mm -hmm. for me so to revisit that was kind of neat and it kind of reminded me of my grandpa and it was just it was a positive thing. So yeah. I was glad that I had made time to do that when a lot of times I'm sure I've looked at that coloring book and thought, who has time for that? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. certainly not me. So, but you know, it was great. And I, I wasn't less busy when I yeah. took time to do that, but I think the energy that it provided and the positive experience that it provided yeah, then put me in a place where I was better able to be productive again. Yeah. You know, 
So I think it's more a question of balance. And like we talked about, not necessarily checking off a list. These mm-hmm. things are play and these things are work. But maybe each day doing some sort of self-reflective thing, like you could draw a pie chart or something and just just notice the balance in your life. Like what part, what piece of the pie is was work for me today mm-hmm. and which piece of the pie was play. Mm-hmm. And just assess your balance. Mm-hmm. You it know? almost makes me think of food. Like all yeah. food is not just healthy food I oh, should yeah. eat and all food is not just like crap that I enjoy, but a lot right. of foods are in the middle. Right. So it kind of makes It's about a balance. I mean, a lot of times, um, as I know I've talked with you all about, you know, I'm not an advocate of any particular diet or anything like that, but we, um, in treating eating disorders, you know, one of the goals is to just encourage balance, moderation, variety, you know, more principles around food instead of here's Mm -hmm. exactly what you you need to eat to be healthy. You know, it's not, it's just a different mentality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was thinking, you know, we're in the middle of Lent <clears throat> and, you know, I I was like, how can we like, how can this work together? Because at first, mm-hmm. it, you know, Lent, Lent seems all like remorse and you're supposed to get rid of everything that like makes you happy, which is not really true. But that's like mm-hmm. the, the common thought, you know, yeah. is that, you know, and there is some of that of giving up something you enjoy so that you can replace it with other stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't like for me, you know, we, we talked about this in our last episode, but I got gave up Netflix and Hulu. And like part of me could think, well, then I gave up play because those are things. But I wasn't actually using those things for play. I was mm-hmm. using those things as like a numbing technique. Right. So and I think we talked about this a little bit on our first play episode. But like there's a difference between um, the things that we do for play because we need to play <clears throat> and the things that we do that we like to tell ourselves or play, but really are just like a numbing technique. So right. I don't know if we want to like revisit yeah. that again, but I, I, I have to, I catch myself uh-huh. like, like, and once again, it's balance. Right? Yeah, yes. I do think so. And that's a great question to ask. How do we play when we have ashes on our forehead and yeah, we're, exactly. you know, yeah. <laughs> acknowledging yeah. the dust that we came from and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's an importance in that for sure. And, Uh, But that makes me think of another example, actually, that my friend Eva came up with. We were talking about Lent and some resolutions that we were tossing around about um, giving up for Lent. And she had the great idea. We have have talked about my group that I've done um, with people, the therapy group that integrates Taekwondo. And in that group that I did, we, we would all write fears on the board. And then I would Mm. teach people to break the board as they felt like they were confronting their fears. So we talked about that in the context of Lent and my friend Eva and I, and there's some other people that are going to do it. um, I ordered some boards and we decided to write our goals for Lent on the board and then to get together at the end of Lent and break, break the boards together. So I think that is maybe what you're talking about, a way of integrating those things. We're still, yeah. giving up the things we're giving up. And actually we also talked about on the flip side of the board, things that we would pursue yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of it's supposed to be an, a, like a both and. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just, here's what I'm not going to do, but here's what I am going to do yeah. instead. And so then getting back together and breaking those boards at the end of the time um, yeah. is our plan. So I'm excited about that. And it's fun, you know, yeah. it's fun to get out the Sharpies and, and, decorate our boards and make them colorful. And when people decorate boards, I've found it's so interesting because everyone does it differently. Everyone colors them differently, uses different 
ways of communicating their, whether it's fears or goals. Uh, it's just really interesting. It's very individual how people approach it and it's yeah. very artistic and, um, and fun. Yeah. So it's like the anticipation part of play too, mm-hmm. is in knowing that board's like sitting there right. and waiting for you and that you're going to hit it yeah. is part of play, right? It's right. Anticipation. It's exciting. It's fun. Yeah. I can't wait to break a board. Yeah. It's yeah. always fun for me. So I guess my question then goes to like, how do you like turn this into a lifestyle, right? So yeah. we're like, okay, we're going to do this play challenge. <laughs> this, this is my personality. Okay. I've done it for a month. Check. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've done my, I've done my challenge. Right. I have yeah, played. You know, I played. Yeah. Right. And like how, like how to turn it into like a lifestyle. And I think that's, you know, that plays into a lot of areas of our lives. How do we turn these things into lifestyles? But mm-hmm. like, how do we turn, like, how do we um, make a lifestyle of play? I guess that's my question. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to what Rebecca said earlier about play really being an attitude. Yeah. Um, I read a great book about forgiveness, and forgiveness was the the topic in church yesterday as well, so that's been on my mind. But there's a great book called The Forgiving Life, and it's it's about having a mindset of forgiveness and, a, mm-hmm. and it becoming a way of life, it, it, much more than like a one-time event mm-hmm. that happens in time. It's more of a mindset, more of a practice almost. Yeah. And so I think of play in that same way that it's a practice. It's an ongoing practice that we keep refining and it's about progress, not perfection. And it's about, you know, just approaching every day, maybe with a little bit different mindset that values play uh, as opposed to checking it off a list or feeling like, okay, I tried that. Yeah. Can we unpack that a little? Because when you're talking, okay, so like we see why forgiveness is valuable, right? Right. Like it's clear in scripture. It's clear if you've ever like lived a long period of time not forgiving someone, what it does to you. But play does, remind us why play is so important to, important enough to make a habit of it. Yeah. Well, I think this goes along with something that I often encounter with clients or just in conversations with anyone about the focus on the self. And a lot of people feel like why why should I do that? It feels selfish or it feels like a self-consumed sort of activity. Mm -hmm. And I think people could think about play in that same way, or, you know, sometimes it's in the context of making time for therapy or something. Mm -hmm. But my response to that is when you have taken the time to carve that out over time, that time for yourself, whether it's, it's in therapy or in play you begin to be a different person, you change, and you begin to impact the people in your life in a more positive way. Mm -hmm. And there is so much good that comes from it, that everyone in your life benefits. It is actually one of the most generous things you can do to make time for play and make time for your own personal growth, because Mm -hmm. everyone around you benefits as you, you know, in the short term, it may be hard, it may feel like a sacrifice to the people around you if they're um, maybe your spouse is watching the kids while you go to therapy or or play or do whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. But those are short-term things. The long-term is that you are going to be a more available, happy, fulfilled person for your family to be in relationship with or the people in your life to be in relationship with. Yeah. So that so, would be my answer. Okay. I This is a little off topic, but the, okay. whole, the whole thing of selfishness, I was thinking of this as you were talking because... I don't know if this is true for y'all, but for me, when I'm actually being selfish, 
I don't worry about that. I'm being selfish, uh-huh. but selfish is like an excuse for mm-hmm. doing things mm-hmm. or maybe not even, maybe excuse is the wrong word, but I feel like self, cause when I'm actually for real being selfish, mm-hmm. I feel very justified in my actions. Mm-hmm. I feel like I deserve this. I don't sit there and think until much later until someone maybe says something that I was selfish. But I think a lot of times when there's something that we know we ought to do, we say it's selfish, but I'm just curious what your thought, like, what do you think is under that? Cause sometimes it's an excuse for not wanting to do something that like, no one is like, yeah, I want to go to therapy and talk about my problems. Like mm-hmm. I, I do, but that's not, <laughs> there's many, <laughs> some people do. I am one of those people who loves self-reflective yeah, and I um, do not. I'm one of those people processes. that do not. Yes. So I like to okay. make lots of excuses for not processing yeah. my feelings. I don't have time. I have yes. other things to do. Yeah. Yes. You know, and those are all just excuses for, like, not wanting to do the hard work. Yeah, but, like, what do y'all think are some other things under when we say, because this isn't just me, like, when we're like, oh, that's selfish. It's like, what are we really saying then? Right. I don't know. Uh, Just, like, play as individual for people, I think that's the same kind of thing you're talking about that yeah. no matter what reason we are giving for the why we're doing what we're doing or why we're not doing mm-hmm. a certain thing those there may be different <laughs> different types of motivations for why yeah. we're doing that I mean people have different coping styles so some yeah. people are avoidant and mm-hmm. that's how they cope so maybe saying self you know I oh that would be selfish is a way of them avoiding something mm-hmm. that they just don't want to do mm-hmm. um I don't know. I, I think there's just a lot of differences within people's coping styles and different reasons for doing why they, the well, things Well, I wonder, do. do you think it's like a, it's a way of invalidating the need? It could be. A, a lot of people don't feel, I think it comes back to being worthwhile, but they don't yeah. believe they're worth uh-huh. taking time to play or taking time for therapy. Yeah. And they have a very ingrained sort of belief system around that yeah and I think that is is a primary thing for a lot of people that you know just they don't they feel like the productivity is going to earn them more um approval or Uh affirmation yeah they may not see that same potential in play or in creating time for themselves to go to therapy or whatever it is that's what I was thinking like a, a lot of motivation for me or unmotivation for me however <clears throat> I think about it um with stuff like this is what people are going to think and not so much that I care what people think of me but more of like I want to be seen as productive mm-hmm. and reliable mm-hmm. and all of those kinds of things so if I decide to stop doing x and do something that's playful or mm-hmm. maybe deem selfish or therapy or whatever we yeah. want to say then then I'm not being responsible and I'm not I'm not um right people can't rely on me. Yeah. Like, cause that's, you know, one of my core motivations is that people right. see me as reliable and mm-hmm. uh, you know, accomplished yeah. and can take care of everything. Yeah. So if I go and play, then that's just going to mean I'm lazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so I think some of it sometimes is, I would say, you know, I would say this is selfish because I think that's what other people think. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that sometimes is the, I use that as an excuse when that's not really selfish. It's more but like I me kinda, caring about what other people think. I see it. It's funny, like, you say that, but when I see someone playing, I feel like it gives me permission to do it. Like, I think yes. I said this before in an interview with y'all, but, like, when I see you screw up, I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, like, Rebecca screws up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it, it gives me permission to screw up. And, like, yeah. just in the same, like, seeing someone, another woman play is like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it, oh, yeah. we actually, it's a gift to, like, all of us. Right, not just sure. ourselves. 
For sure. And I think that, yeah, that that is a lie, obviously, that mm-hmm. I think that people yeah. um, will view me as unreliable or whatever mm-hmm. when that's not actually right. true. Well, so. or some people may because yes. they may have an issue within themselves yeah. that yeah. they are reacting to really more than they yes. are reacting yeah, to yeah. you. You know, people may judge us for playing mm-hmm. and yeah. that, but I would encourage you to do it anyway because yeah. there's still value in it. And I think that's what it comes back to is getting clear about our own values yeah. about play and other people may not value it, but that yeah. doesn't mean that we should stop doing yeah. it or mm-hmm. making time yeah, for yeah. it. For sure. And I do think you're right. When we see other people playing, I think that's part of who God has made us to be. And there's something that resonates with people when, if they're open, mm-hmm. they're going to see something good in that. And yeah. we see something good in it as we do it as yeah. well. Because yeah. I think it's it's really part of what we are created to be yeah. doing. Yeah. I also think that as moms, not everybody who listens to this is a mom, but at, we are. And as moms, I think it's also another powerful teaching tool to our yes. kids, right? Yes. That's what I keep telling myself is, you know, I, when I'm an, on autopilot, I'm super productive and I get all the things done and I'm responsible. And my kids are, they learn, they're, they're learning that from me. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to like uh, always be like that so right. that they learn how to be responsible. Like right. they've a- are already seen that in me and it's being modeled for them. What I need to model for them are the things that are hard for me mm-hmm. because those are the things they really need to see, you yeah. know, especially my older daughter is, you know, she, she's a lot like me and she's, you know, very type A and mm-hmm. get the job done. And what, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? So she doesn't need me to model more responsibility mm-hmm. and more, you know, productivity. She needs me to model that right. like, there's time for play too. Right. Um, when, you know, my son may be the opposite, like I right. need to do more modeling of production for him. And so I don't, I don't know. It's just a good reminder that like, you know, we teach our kids by how we live our life, right? So we definitely do. So if you want kids, it's interesting. David and I, last night, speaking of play, um, we really like to watch documentaries together. Uh-huh. We just don't make time for it. Like we love documentaries, and I don't know if you guys have seen the one that won the Oscar. It's called Free Solo. Mm-hmm. It's about the guy who he he free climbs. He doesn't use ropes. Oh, um, oh I've heard about this. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> so he free climbs. And very high risk play. Very high risk. I mean, yeah. almost everybody who free climbs dies at some point. Right. Like people don't live very long that are free climbers. You know, they die in their forties because they are climbing mountains without ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, because one misstep and you're dead. And he also doesn't wear a parachute either. Like literally, like he free climbs and he could die. So nobody has ever free climbed El Capitan in Yosemite. So that was this whole documentary is him, you know, breaking that record. Wow. A free, I mean, like the best rock climbers in the world refuse to do El Capitan without ropes. And lots of people won't even do it with ropes because it's so dangerous. Uh-huh. And so it's the whole documentary of him getting ready. And it's just interesting because you're like, where does this motivation come from? Because he just mm-hmm. kept talking about how I, if I don't do this, then I'm not the best. I, this is perfection. This mm-hmm. is accomplishment for me. Like this is the pinnacle, you know, and there's mm-hmm. just so much like Red um, drive there. There's <laughs> yeah. just so much drive there. Like, like yeah. he, you know, obviously has, it was funny because they did, this is a side note, they did an MRI on his brain. Uh-huh. And then they do. They were doing the study on people who seem to not have fear right. of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like how, you know, because your amygdala is where, uh, is the activity of your brain that's like your fear mm-hmm. center. And like his, 
looks different than a normal amygdala. So yeah. like he wow. and and like when they would show him pictures of really scary things, like his amygdala wouldn't fire. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very interesting. It's a very good documentary. I recommend it to everybody. Um, it's on Netflix. Um, well, but that's interesting. Go you know, ahead. What I was what yeah. I was thinking was then they start to get like dive into his childhood. Yeah, and like um, you know his parents um, just constantly pushing on him that he wasn't good enough. And he had to do the next best thing, the next best thing. So, I mean, even the best rock climbers in the world who are his best friends are like, you're insane, dude, that you're mm-hmm. doing this. Like mm-hmm. like the cameraman, like half the time when he's actually doing the the actual free solo climb of El Capitan can't even look. Like they have the camera on him, but they can't even look oh. because it's so scary. Does he like, make it? He does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason why I was like not like dying the whole time I was yeah. watching it. Uh, David has a massive fear of heights. So even he was like, he's like, my palms are sweating. Because yeah. even though we know he's yeah. going to live. Anyways, it's crazy. I highly oh. recommend it. But it was just interesting, this like learned behavior. Uh, and like he was probably always going to be a risk taker mm-hmm. because he obviously is genetically just predisposition mm-hmm. to risk taking. But it was more of his motivation for why he was taking the risk. Mm-hmm. His motivation for taking the risk was is he had he had to be the best. And he had to do this perfectly. And he had right. to accomplish this. And he had one line of like, um, if you don't um, accomplish, and I can't remember the exact quote, but if you don't accomplish anything. Or like people who, oh, this is what it was. He was like, his girlfriend, he was like, her motivation is just to be happy and comfortable in life. And we know that that's not a good motivation either. Mm-hmm. But he, he was like, nobody ever did anything great by being happy and comfortable. That was oh, his line. Interesting. You know, so like, yeah. But that's what he had learned from his parents. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I just, it was a good reminder for me because yeah. Like, obviously, obviously, he's a very unhealthy version of who I think I am. <laughs> but I am. I can be productivity accomplishment driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I don't check that yeah. with, like, some play and some hobbies and with being like, it's okay to not, like, get everything done all the time, then I'm doing the same thing to my kids mm-hmm. and I'm teaching them that productivity matters. So, yeah. Anyways. Well, it's interesting what you said about being comfortable, and it makes me think of this. There's a whole body of research on sensation seeking in psychology, mm-hmm. and there are people whose brains are wired differently that are high sensation seekers, yeah, and which that sounds like right, yeah, what you're is, talking yeah. about. And he, I remember he might be this. A was soon, but anyway. What's that? He said he might be a was soon, right? Because he's following. Anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very high risk. Yeah, but, very high risk. Yeah. Uh, this presenter was talking about. He showed a video of this this guy who was a high sensation seeker who yes. had bought a parachute at like a garage sale. Never tested it out. Never <laughs> like checked it or anything, and just decided to jump off a bridge with this parachute and it opened kind of late, like toward the bottom of where he could have it open and still live. And, you know, that was just the example. But one thing that this presenter said is that people who are high sensation seekers actually have a state of calm when they're taking those risks. They are not anxious. They actually experience a calming effect during those moments. So it's just very interesting to me that in some ways that maybe they are seeking comfort and, hmm. you know, that sense of calm, but it's just a very different way than most people do. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, you know, my first instinct was like, how stupid, <laughs> like, but he's actually a very intelligent person. Right. Like he had studied Al Capitan for years and like he had done it with ropes and like different sections. And like, he knew exactly where the crevice was. And what but we're talking about four thousand 
feet of rock wow. and he knew which crevice he needed to put what foot foot where like he had it all like down to like a science and like this journal and he had it all memorized like he's a smart guy yeah like I mean we may not think he's so smart because he's choosing to free solo but like my first instinct is oh people who do that kind of crazy stuff like that yeah. they're just dumb like why well, would you do that I'm just so. thinking and I don't consider myself that much of a warrior but yeah. I'm thinking what if one piece of that crumbles and there's just mm-hmm. like a storm or something I mean that throws off oh, his yeah, whole or a bird flies by yeah like <laughs> there were like birds in the distance like a bird could just like fly right past him and then he's yeah. done you know so, so anyways I don't know how we got on free solo yeah that was on my brain it's very interesting but it is very interesting People's different versions of play. Yeah, exactly. That's the extreme version on the other end. Right. Right. Um, But I wonder if that's even play to that guy. That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, he did talk about how when he when he does it, you know, that's where he felt freedom and Mm -hmm. I think her calmness thing, like he goes on autopilot Mm -hmm. and like he gets into flow. And it's called free he's called free solo. Because you do this solo. Like, if you do these free without the ropes, you do it solo. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, and like he had this video, but most of his clients were never videoed. Nobody ever even knew he did it. Mm-hmm. Like, that, it, it was his, like, like that's that's the appeal of it, is that mm-hmm. you do it by yourself. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. So. But and anything else? Anything else on play? Just encourage everybody to do it. Yeah, Find what works for you. Do your version of play. Don't worry if it looks different from anybody else's, yeah. but value it and make space for it because mm-hmm. others in your life will notice. And whether that's your kids yeah. or friends or whoever, mm-hmm. um, it's a positive thing for you, a positive message to to send to everyone around you. That's awesome. Well, it's been challenging for me, so I need to play more for sure. I feel like my challenge is like awakening. I feel like it's already there. I just think I'm on autopilot a lot and I don't notice it or like lean into it. Me too, for sure. Yeah, I need to lean into it because it's already there. That's good. Yep. Okie dokie. Well, thanks, Angela. We appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.